everybody, and welcome to the broadcast with Amanda, Shandy, and Colleen. My name is Colleen. My name is Amanda. And I'm Shandy. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Season 8, Episode 25. We are more than halfway through uh, with this season, which is crazy. Woo! Um, And then it's Episode number 340. Wow. My goodness. Coming up on 350. I know. I feel like we just did number 300. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It really does. Which I but guess I also we don't remember did. it. <laughs> right. It was last, uh, I want to say it was last February ish. So it was last what? year, which it, makes yeah. sense. But almost, almost a year a ago, year. if it was in February. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was like February or March, if I remember correctly. Wild. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't have an outline for it. What the fuck? Oh, 801. There we go. I okay. was looking for 800. Yeah. Oh. We have to go back pretty far. Really? Eight? Oh, oh, because... Wait, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for 300. You're looking for <laughs> yeah. 300. You I know, I also... Eight oh, this is one. a new book, so I wouldn't have it. I have... Uh, I put, like, six exclamation marks after... Uh, in the episode title, on the out, the outline title. Um, it was oh. February 12th, 2023. Oh, there we go. Oh, goodness. So it was my first episode back from uh, Europe. Ah. Crazy. Cool. <laughs> there is nothing in the outline except a note to remember to take a group photo <laughs> oh, and two voicemails from Maggie nice yeah. uh. um, okay so today we uh, uh, before we start um, we had a sad loss in our um, podcasting community this past weekend um, Mary Ellen the other half of Dennis um, uh, unfortunately she uh, uh, suddenly passed away. It was very shocking and uh, incredibly devastating. Uh, she was a wonderful woman. She was so like the sweetest, most kindest soul. But she could she could play a mean cards against humanity too. She sure because <laughs> you didn't expect it from her. You didn't no, expect she it. would just throw down these zingers. <laughs> Sometimes I would see her like whispering to Dennis which one to do. And I'd be like, oh, shit, they're going to throw something down real dirty. (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, in all seriousness, though, uh, Marianne will be incredibly missed, uh, especially at those meetups when we got to see her every year. Um, Our thoughts and hearts and and all the good vibes and prayers, if you do that, go to Dennis and his family right now. It was... It was a very, uh, I am so sorry. I don't really yeah. have many yeah. other words to say. Um, yeah. Amanda, I think you had a really nice story that I think sums up Mary Ellen's kind soul. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so Mary Ellen, on top of just being a wonderful uh, woman, was also a very talented uh, craftswoman. Um yes. She was a quilter and a crocheter and a knitter. And she, I believe she had an Etsy shop, but um, yes, she had posted on Facebook a while back, like stockings that she would sell and she'd only do like a couple a year. And um, I happened to see the picture and the, um, the pattern that she did happen to have a lot of sentimental value to me. Um, it was the exact stocking that I had that my great grandmother had made um, for me. And, you know, my great grandmother obviously is no longer with us and the pattern kind of uh, died with her. And so I had reached out to Mary Ellen and I was, you know, I asked her if she would make um, 
make a a stocking for for Eden, um, which she she graciously did, and uh, ended up gifting it to me, um, which I just I absolutely I treasured it before, and I will um, treasure it all the more now because um, it was. Um, it was is very very special and um yeah she was a really wonderful lady and um it's very nice that she shared her talents and her and her herself with us and um yeah i will miss her but uh i'm glad we have um our home has some pieces of her in it so that's uh, that's a comfort i will take yes um she made uh, things for the boys throughout the years too including this um like little quilt thing um that has their names on it they each have uh, – she made this monkey for Zachary when he was born, like a crocheted monkey. Um, and he used to keep it in the car seat with him um, and called it Mr. Monkey. Um, <laughs> she made a little monster for Alex too. So um, it is really nice that we'll have these things uh, that will live on. But, again, so sorry, Dennis. It's – Yeah. Yeah. So We love you, Dennis. We love you, Dennis. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he requested everybody hug a loved one in her mom, uh, honor. So, you know, give you guys virtual hugs here and go hug my kids again when I'm done. Yeah. And maybe Jay, I guess. Yeah. Only, only if he, uh, was nice to you. <laughs> uh, he won't let me drive the new car yet. So maybe I will withhold my hug until then. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. <sighs> Well, that was a great intro to uh, talk about two movies about ghosts. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was a weekend, man. Yeah. The weird headspace to be in to watch these two movies, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, today uh, we are talking about uh, Casper and Ghost, which, again, we picked because they were two movies about ghosts. Yes. They yeah. are as completely different as can be. Both from the 90s, though. Both from, Both the, from 90s. the 90s. One, one from 1990 and one from 1995. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. An yeah. adult movie, a kid's movie. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Something for everyone. In both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that there would be more, like, connective, like, thematic things that, like, watching the two movies back to back would reveal. And I don't know if it did, but it was... I mean it's I still think, a fun theme. I still yeah. like. I'm so glad we did these two movies together. I, I, I mean, I really like, do think we just picked them for the names. But I mean, the yeah. obvious, and it's not like only in these movies, but the obvious idea of like a ghost is some one thing with unfinished business. I think you know that's like very clearly seen in both of them. Again, yeah. not like a novel concept to either movies, but talked about a lot. Kind of the driving yeah. force behind the both movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One might say. One might say. One might. Um, so for me, this was the first time I'd ever seen Casper. Which blew my mind. We're talking about Christina Ricci and Devin no. Oh, my God. Again? I, I was crying. <laughs> I, mean, still got, I still got butterflies at the end. Like, I again, I got butterflies at the end when you see the Devin Sawa in the back of his head. And that song. <laughs> Just like. <gasps> no. like but my 12 is, all over again. Why? <laughs> I know. Why does Devin Sawa not do the voice of Casper? It is it is glaringly like 
Because he sounds so much he... younger as a ghost. And maybe because if you put that voice uh, with the ghost, it, there would be more dissonance because the ghost is so childlike. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was the only, that's how I excused it away. Because it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So here's why. Ah. Um, so he, uh, he did an interview a couple of years ago. <laughs> and he's, he credits uh, Christina Ricci for uh, him being cast. Ah. Because they're pals. No, they were pals. Well, yeah. <laughs> like um, the exact same year or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, 94, yeah. I think we Right, we was. did look this yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Christina Ricci was a huge talent. It played a big part in me getting the role and then went on to recommend me for Now and Then. Oh. Ah. I owe her the world. But he was talking about Casper because it was the 25th anniversary of Casper in 2020 when he did this. Oh, gosh. Which is awesome. Uh, you know she was just like, ooh, this cute kid. I'd like to kiss him in another movie, please. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Not to put words in her mouth. I'm just going to put my own in intentions but, in know, her mouth. I mean... <laughs> um, he also said, I was in Casper for 30 seconds. Malachi Pearson did the hard work. When they decided to bring Casper to life, he was too young. So I landed the role. Ah. Mm. Uh, he also said he's very fortunate because he would be lying if he said that that didn't start a 30-year job that he loves. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Can I keep you? <laughs> <laughs> so then the director, Brad uh, Silberling, responded to him saying that. And he said, let's be honest, my friend. It was the color in Christina's cheeks when I flew you down to meet us at lunch. That's what sealed the de deal. <laughs> <laughs> we are all Christina Ricci. Yep. yep. We are all vicariously. Like, oh yep. When we were watching it, Jay was like, I think he might be the hottest out of all of that that era group. Oh. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. So then we started looking. We we're like, okay, let's make a list. Uh, Devin Sawa, JTT, Brad Renfro. I was like, I don't know. Elijah Wood was kind of young, but like he was a really cute kid too. Yeah, he, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking yeah. he was very cute way back in the day. Which hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, it was a whole era of, I guess, mm -hmm. Leo kind of counts too. But it was like a little yeah. old, was like a little older. Yeah, but yeah. that still was but, like '97. Yeah. So it was kind of like the end of. Our yeah, I mean, because like beat years. Because <laughs> yeah. um, Romeo and Juliet came out in '96, I think. Ninety-five, wasn't it? Didn't we just talk when we talked about it? Yeah, well, I meant he was older. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. <laughs> he was like a legitimate teenager. So like, okay. you know, yeah, they were tweens. True. He was a teen. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. true. We also had um, tried, uh, not Heath Ledger, the other kid from Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, oh yes. yes, yeah, yes. And yeah. um, who's the other one? There's one more that's of the same. That's of the same ilk. Whichever. Anyway, Mandy's screaming at us. Maggie's yeah. screaming at us. Please write if Eric's listening to this, please tell us. What at was us. your favorite 90s tween boy? <laughs> yeah, please. You don't have to feel weird about it because they're the same age as us. Right? You don't have to feel weird about it. We all had slam books. They're middle aged men now. It's fine. It's fine. You know, the one thing I never did was like cut out the magazine clippings and like do that, which was like a big deal in my mm. school. Because I always thought it was weird to like cut things out of the magazines because I was oh, like, I totally you can't cut something that you read. 
I did, but it was more like a, a mood board sort of collage thing. It was like, yeah, was a well, I got over that, but yeah, I didn't it get wasn't over just that. Like all the cute boys, it was like, yes, actresses I admired. It was like cool, like animals, like it was, yep. it was yep. a whole mood. Well, like I said, I got over that, but I didn't get over that until like college when I was like, wait, I can highlight these things, I can write in these books, crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, I just didn't have any magazine subscriptions. My grandma did. My grandma would buy the magazines and then we would pass it around the family. Oh, nice. but like, by the time I would get it, it was like two weeks late. But you know, whatever. I didn't care. Yeah. The only magazine subscription like, we had. Anyway. The only subscription we had, and it was featured in the movie, was Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Um no, my the, grandma I used to smutty, smutty magazines. She had one for every day of the week. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, I used to read those magazines. Uh, our dance studio had uh, – they they were all in, like, the, like, waiting room. Like, because you, you had, like, the room where the parents would sit during the class. And then there was, like, a, a room – like, not a locker room, but, like, it was, like, the, the room where the dancers would wait in between, like, for their classes to start. And they had all of those magazines just piled up there. And then, you know, like I said, friend's house and school or whatever. But. Anyway, okay, back to Devin Sawa. I mean, <laughs> sorry, back to Ghost. <laughs> Casper, Ghost, Casper, Casper yeah. shoot. Back to Casper. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, it was so random. It holds up. Yeah. Can we talk about that house? Like, it's such a cool freaking house. Uh, the whole aesthetic, like the house is amazing. Also, her fashion is amazing. I wanted all her clothes. I wanted to dress like her. Everything about her was perfection. Yeah. And honestly... I still would like to dress like her. I, I think I do. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is my post-pandemic vibe. It's just like yeah. mid-nineties post-grunge. Yes, it's just like my vibe. Now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just these like cute like sweater things that are like too big, but like somehow cute, and then you're just really comfy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like she is kind of like the heir apparent millennial version of Winona's Gen X. Yes. Oh, that's like yeah, spot on. Yeah, that thumb ring. Like, (laughs) I think that might have been where when I first donned the thumb ring and then kept it on for the next twenty years. Same, same until I got married. Yeah, until I got married, and then I was like, oh, this thumb ring doesn't go with like an eyewedding ring. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I didn't have any of that. I, I was trying to remember if I'd seen it, but then like. Once we got like five minutes into the movie, I was like, yeah, I have never seen this before. (laughs) So is the implication that her dad was a phony until he got to that house because he was so scared by the ghosts? I wonder if he like, I don't think he was a phony. I think that maybe he was just doing more of like talking to an empty room thinking that there was somebody and then it was doing something for someone and the bite. So I don't think he was a phony. I just think it was less concrete. Also, side note, because I was looking things up when we were watching this. Um, did you guys know that Bill Pullman taught at MSU, Montana State University, which is in Bozeman, which is where uh, Alice and Martha are from? I did Before not he decided that. to go into, like, after he got his MFA and before he decided to go into acting, he taught at MSU, which blew my freaking mind. No way. Yeah. I just never expect that. that Montana connection. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I also had to look up and confirm that he was not current, like wasn't our age when he played this role. 
He was not. He was in his early 40s, but still. Okay. I just I needed to know that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Um, so the kid that voiced Casper was actually on Full House. Oh, who was he on? He oh, was shit. the kid that got his head stuck in between the uh staircase, like the bars. I think Danny was like babysitting him or something, if I remember correctly. I think I, I saw the picture because I was looking up episode. to see this who he ring. was. Yeah, it doesn't ring any bells. Yeah, Misadventures in Babysitting um, was the title of it. I just looked it up. But apparently, yeah, he was a guest star. Oh, on, yeah. yeah. Huh. I would never have remembered that, but I love that connection. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely too young to play. Although I don't know if he did that at the same time, but definitely too young to <laughs> to be kissing Christina Ricci. To be kissing Christina Ricci, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I, overall, like, I really did really enjoy it. There yeah. was a Ghostbuster cameo. There, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Let's talk about all those freaking cameos. So we had um, uh, Dan Aykroyd and did his Ray, donned his Ray stance suit and uh, did that cameo. Um, we had... Uh, Clint Eastwood and Mel Gibson. And um, Rodney Dangerfield. Those were like the three. It's funny if you look at the, if you look up the cast, because they list those three, but they don't give like a a part. And it's just (laughs) because they they don't, just like Malachi, they don't voice the, or just like Devin, they don't actually voice the ghosts, but that's who they show in there. Right. Like human for a second. Which yes. was funny. Yeah, I watching that I was like, was that fucking Clint Eastwood? Like what? <laughs> yeah, just, well, just a lot of things that like would have gone over my head, like in watching the movie originally. That it's like it mm-hmm. it walked this great balance of like it's a kid's movie, but like there is enough in it that like an adult, the parent that mm-hmm. is going to see the movie with you can also like enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved when he Bill Pullman's character is talking in the commercial that Casper sees on TV, talking about how he doesn't call them dead. He calls them the living impaired. I was like, that was so like mid nineties that, that I know. to phrase it like that. And it's it's, kind of, it's like making fun of that without laughing, but right. also like we get, yeah, it was, that was fun. Yeah. Also when they're, when they're driving. So this is one thing that I didn't really understand. They've like already, he's already decided to go to Maine. And then they're having the conversation in a car and then he like convinces her that like, okay, we'll try this one last thing. And then turns around as if to go to Maine, as if he hadn't already decided to go to Maine, which I didn't understand. Then I was like, wait, there are Joshua trees there. Like what the hell? And I went down, <laughs> a, <laughs> I went down a Google rabbit hole. Um, and cause I mean, jo- there are Joshua trees in like that whole region, not just California, but apparently not New Mexico. So they were leaving from Santa Fe Apparently they're not in New Mexico, according to the internet. Arizona, sure. Um, but I was like, and what about that mileage? Because there's a sign that says LA 843 miles. Looked it up. Santa Fe is 847 miles. So they actually did have somebody look into that. So good job. Hmm. But not cool. the Joshua trees. Oh, I did you know- took it as they were they realized they were going the wrong way and they had to turn around? <laughs> that's that's literally always and that's how I read it this time too. <laughs> Okay, um, he's like kind of absent-minded and he's like, oh dear, I'm going the wrong way. 
She's like, go with me this one last time. If I don't find anything, we'll stay. It's like, well, I mean, you don't really have to convince her because she, like, she has to go with you. Right. But, you're already in the car. You're already. Yeah. You're, like she's your, you know, she's a minor. <laughs> she's she's 12. She's 13. Yeah. She can't. 14, she's going to be yeah, going yeah. with you. But yeah. yeah. Um, but did yeah. you guys catch the voice of um, one of the ghosts? The the round one was um, Brad. What's it cut for? Uh, the uncle from Everybody yeah, Loves Raymond. Uh, Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was fun. And uh, the assistant is Eric Idle of uh, Monty Python fame. Yes. Yeah. Which I think I probably knew like at watching it the first time because like my family is such Monty Python people, but I had like forgotten. Yeah. But also in the opening scene with the two little boys that like uh-huh. sneak into the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twins from the Sandlot is one of the kids. What? No way. Yeah. Oh. I had to go back and look it up because he like said something and it's like just the inflection of his voice. I was like, squints? Hey, we might have to watch the Sandlot at some point in time because I feel like it it's, goes nicely with our 90s kick. We have been in a, yeah. Childhood movies. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. Any point is yeah. fine for me. I love that movie. That movie holds up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else would be? Did I tell you we recently watched a rewatched Angels in the Outfield, right? Oh, man. It's so fucking oh. ridiculous. It's got some now. It's got um, yeah, it's got uh what's his face in it? Uh, Daniel Lent. Stern. Oh yeah. And Joe, oh yeah, Justin Gordon Levitt, who I love. Yeah. We just talked wow. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, I was like, wow, Marv is in this movie too. <laughs> anyway, Daniel Stern. Yeah. Marv of the, like Home Alone Marv? Yeah. Yeah, he's in yeah. Angels in the Outfield. He Holy is shit. He's the um um uh, the manager of the team. I he's have like not dummy. seen that movie in like 30 years. So. It's just as know. random as you would remember. All right. Okay, Look ghost. I'm sorry, <laughs> fucking Casper. I keep doing that. Casper. <laughs> Uh, one question. Yes. Slash comment, and I mean, I kind of know the answer, but um, Kerrigan and the dad both keep their clothes when they die and become ghosts, but, but nobody the other else does. Don't. Yeah, maybe it's like a recent thing. So the longer you become a yeah. ghost, like the less human. Oh, I like you forget. That. I mean, because I was just thinking from a practical standpoint, like they're not going to show us like naked people, and it's right. kind of like weird, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I like I like your explanation, Amanda. That's, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah. Um, I I forgot how many people died in the movie, though. Yeah, it really does make light of death, doesn't it? Sure. Uh, I I do have to. I did not see any of that coming. I was like, oh my! Forgotten <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Yeah, I'd forgotten the like one last potion to bring somebody back, and yeah, how tragic that the dad never was able to use it on Casper. Like what? That right. And like... if Casper knew how to do it, why didn't he just do it himself? Yeah. Or did he forget? And well, no, because like, he, needed... well, he did forget. He didn't remember anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He needed he the playroom to like remind him of all these things. Of who he was. But also, he needed, he couldn't do it well uh, on his own because he needed to be in there and somebody uh, else to yeah. pull the switch or it's a two part job. Two person oh, job. Yeah. 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 You're right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we solved that. Okay. Good. Yeah. We solved that. Um, so when they were filming this movie, uh, Bo- uh, Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci, they used tennis balls in place of the ghosts to talk to. Oh, oh that makes sense. I feel like yeah. a lot. I feel like that's still a, a method that's that's used in like, you know, 
Right. Making, making th- you know, computer-generated <laughs> characters. Um, let's see. I had some trivia pulled up about it. In that mirror scene, one of the cameos uh, that was filmed but cut was Steven Spielberg was going to uh, be one of the faces that he turns into. Oh, fun. No, interesting. Uh, James and Cat Harvey are named after the Harvey Comics, the long- Harvey Comics, the longtime publisher of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Huh. That's cute. Um, I know. Uh, the house that was used for Whipstaff Manor was also used to film scenes from the Backstreet Boys' music video, Everybody. It does oh. look very Wow. I also I had to, to like pause and like, is this a Tim Burton movie? <laughs> <laughs> like I really did I like not know this was directed by Tim Burton. Like that house is just so the aesthetic. So awesome. It's so cool though. It's just it's so, so cool. cool. So do they just get to like stay there and live there forever since what's your face died? I guess so. I think we're meant to yeah. yeah. Because we're not meant to like sort of understand how homeownership works. Right. It's a kids' movie. You don't, have to, answer, you don't yeah. have to answer that question. It's a kids' movie. I get to stay. The house was also supposed to be like condemned according to like the beginning. So like mm-hmm. oh, that was another cameo in the beginning. The yes, um it yes. was an SNL person, the priest. Yeah. Oh, Jay pointed it out. Yeah, yeah. Um Father something. Here it is. Don Novello was Father uh Sarducci. Father Sarducci. Yeah. Piece of cake. Uh, so there were a bunch of other actresses that were considered to play Cat. Uh, you ready for me to drop some names? Please do. Yeah. Okay, I bet you you can guess some of them. Think of actresses from that time period. Let, we're, you know. I truly can't because you, no one else could have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here is, according to IMDb, Thora Birch. Oh, okay. Mm. Anna Chlums- Chumsky. Clum- Chumsky. Clumsky. Klumsky, thank you. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Huh. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, yeah. Catherine what... Isabel. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Doesn't Anna matter. Paquin. Yeah. This, huh. none, of, none of them would have been the Sookie. same. No. No, it wouldn't have been as good. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and Natalie Portman. So okay, During that time period, Natalie Portman had only really done the, um, what's that called? The Professionals killers movie that she did and then she was in like some lolita film right i was in that movie wasn't that movie just called the professionals or maybe that's oh is that what it was yes oh leon the professional Mm -hmm. let's see she that was in 1994 so yeah i guess that would make sense that she was kind of in the running because she didn't do star wars until 99 but like none of the it wouldn't have been the same movie like nothing against any of those actresses but like none of them were right says me the casting director (laughs) (laughs) well yeah um (laughs) we can monday morning monday morning quarterback this but we'd be right because we have eyes and opinions yeah Mm -hmm. um it's not interview with the vampire kirsten dunn's not the right energy (laughs) (laughs) i want to know what you did last summer Jennifer Love Hewitt, not the right energy. <laughs> Fly away home, not the right energy. Um, okay, and then if you'd like to, in the same spirit, uh, actors that were also considered for the Bill Pullman role. Oh, yes. Mm. Steve Gutenberg. No, close though. Uh, Rick Moranis. Yep. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Alec Baldwin. Mm. 
Michael Keaton. Hmm. Okay, that would have been interesting. Martin Short. Hmm. Wait, did you guys see the rumors? Did we talk about this last week? The rumors that Martin Short and Meryl Streep hooked up or are dating or something? I heard it, I think, on one of the Pods Here. of America things. Oh, okay. And I really not, want that to be true. Is she not I still know. married? No, she, um, in the fall, it was revealed that uh, she and Don Gummer have been separated for six years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm really good, behind good. on my pop culture. Good well, I mean, her. she didn't tell anybody for six years. You know how yeah. she, you know how she had to make the news public? Because she was having an affair with Martin Short? <laughs> <laughs> no. Allegedly? I mean, maybe. No, fucking Dumois. I don't know who that is. The the do moi 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 the 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 Instagram account that does the blind items. It's like the all the it thing rage. No, never heard of this. No. Nope. Oh, okay. So it's this Instagram account that people. It's like a tip line, and people share like things. And the then, modern day in touch weekly, if you will. It's sort of like a modern day gossip girl meets blind items kind of thing. Mm. But anyway, for. Some fucking random reason, they decided to out Meryl Streep for being separated, and her like they were her team was pissed because they were like, "How the fuck are we on the radar of this account that talks about like Ariana Grande's love life?" And right, <laughs> it's so random. Hmm. It's nothing not sacred. No. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, Martin Short, uh, Chevy Chase, Phil Hartman, hmm. uh, Bruce Willis, and John Lovitz. The actor, not the actor. <laughs> <laughs> who was also like ten years old when this movie came out. <laughs> I mean, none, again, none of none of them. Are, I mean, Bob Pullman, like everybody's dad. Like, come on, yeah, no, was, uh-huh. they did good. The casting today, we celebrate our Independence Day. I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's see, dibs. Oh, there's a shitload of people that were considered for dibs. You ready? I'm not going to read all of them, just the more famous ones. Okay. Um. Uh, Hugh Laurie, Rowan Hugh Laurie from the house, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, John Cleese, uh, Bill Murray, Steve Martin, Alan Rickman, Brian Cranston, Jason Alexander. He could have done a decent, yeah, like yeah, Uh, different movie, but it would have been interesting. Yep, Michael Richards, um, Daniel Stern, speak of the devil (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Chevy Chase, Gene Wilder, Stephen Fry, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, Gregory Peck, Christopher Lloyd, Patrick Stewart, George Carlin, and Phil Collins, and Terry Gilliam. Man. Seriously, like, we just need to get a Python, like any of them. Just put the offer <laughs> on. We'll take any of them. Yeah. See who's open. Just see who's available. Chance. Yeah. Make a phone call. <laughs> and then finally, um, casting for uh, Kerrigan. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, Debbie Mazur. I feel like Debbie Mazur was the type she was going for, to be honest, because yeah. yeah. it reminded me a lot of her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Fam Jensen, Jensen Famka Jensen mm-hmm. um, from uh, uh, X Men. X Men, yeah. Kelly Preston, Leah Thompson, Soccer Channing, Gina Davis, mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton. That would have uh, been interesting. Been so <laughs> very, also, would have been a very different movie, but I think I would have liked it. If they had told me they were looking at Tilda Swinson as an alternative to play Casper, I would have been like, that fits. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heather Locklear, Jamie Lee Curtis, Fred Drescher. 
Renee Russo, Terry Hatcher. Very like, wide nets for this, these so characters. Wide. It goes on and on. Like uh, fucking Robin Wright is on here. Kathleen Turner, Jennifer Jason yeah. Lee, Carrie Fisher, Kathy and Jimmy, Miranda Richardson. Yeah, this list goes on and on and on. So good times. So they clearly were going to rewrite the character based on whatever actress they could get to play her. <laughs> Yes, uh, it also says that Anthony Hopkins was offered the role of Dr. Harvey. Um, and though he was interested in working on the film, he could not accept the offer because his schedule uh, coincided with the film Nixon. Which is interesting because you'd be like, Tony Hopkins, a serious drama movie? Or Casper? Right. <laughs> you want to come do this kids movie? It's a senior bumper film? It's got Devin Sawa. <laughs> Devin Sawa's in it. Great, sold. <laughs> You'll get to work with a python. We're not sure which one, but. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay. Any last thoughts about Casper? Oh, it was great. The music was great. great. Everything was great. Oh, yeah. The music's so good. It. I was like, it really, like, it moves. Like, it reminded me how really... Um, the 90s kept their movies like short and tight. Like they told their story, they got you in, they got you out. Yeah, like very short and tight. Like the the actual timeline of what's happening in this I movie is movies. like girl yeah. moves to Newtown, has first day of school without her dad like registering her for it. Uh second day of school hosts a party at her house, third day of school done. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's like, but that's also the joy of like a kids movie. You don't have to like answer certain like logical yeah. questions. You just we like suspending our just going. Exactly. You don't even have an answer for that. Fun. Just keep telling the story. Just keep going. Make movies like that again. I know they really should. Oh shit! Okay, there was one more thing that I forgot that I flagged. Eric Idle hasn't spoken much of the film, but was apparently so disinterested in it to this day that he doesn't even remember shooting it. That's a bummer. He's so good in it too. It's so random. <sighs> okay, yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. And you know what? We're the target audience, so no, we don't care. Not. He cashed a paycheck, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Yes. Moving on to Ghost. Um. Love this movie. That's all I've got. No. <laughs> you guys are supposed to say ditto. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that, like, I had never really seen it all the way through. That is crazy. Before. That, like, I I know because it used to, like, air on TV. You know, it'd be like a sun the Sunday night movie or whatever. Yeah. It's so, like to the point where, like, I could remember, like, oh, yeah, I think they would, like, go to a commercial break there. But, like, what my adolescent brain remembered as being the plot is, like, not the plot at all. <laughs> <laughs> what did you remember being the plot? What did like, you think? I, I thought like that, like Demi Moore's character like recognize recognizes like Patrick Swayze the ghost like like oh I could like feel like he's still here like the scene where he writes on the fogs of the mirror and writes on it i thought he wrote ditto and like that's how she knew it, that he was it was him the ghost like i i remembered a, like i made up a different movie i thought that the um the iconic um uh, uh spinning wheel crazy. like he was already a ghost at that point. you know i think i did too actually right. 
I, I remember the plot of the movie, but there are a couple things that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, my, I, I, my imagination made it a very different movie than what it actually was. I mean, I like what it actually is, but yeah, I was yeah. very surprised. I will say that that spinning wheel scene. It's um, so hot still. Well, and like, okay, so back in the day, like, it's always been very clear that it's like a very sexy scene. Um, but watching it now as an adult, it was like they are jacking off a penis shaped mm -hmm. like, <laughs> very clearly in the first Holy like 10, movie, 10 minutes of the movie like they get right to the sexy time they do and then it, it like perplex right at, the at the same time uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we are not messing around people it is 1990 yeah pottery splooge we baby yeah. pushing the envelope here <laughs> My concern then was when it sort of moves directly into them like being more intimate. I'm like, oh, but you'd have clay everywhere. Yeah, oh, I have to wash it. And then I saw that they had washed their hands. Like, so somewhere yeah. magically, the hands got washed, and I was like, oh, thank God. She always keeps them washcloth right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get that anywhere near anything. But that was my main concern. No, it's a valid concern. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that movie so I do I love that movie so much. We this is the second time that I've watched it in a year. <laughs> nice. Mm. Um, yeah, it was very, very good. Also, um, do you remember the so like in one of the early scenes, there's like a plane crash that he sees on TV and he he's like, Oh, I should put off my trip to LA. These things happen in threes. And literally we had just talked about that like the day before. Wow. And with, this is in reference to when I watched the movie anyway. I was just like, yeah. Whoa, dude. Oof, yeah. Yeah. That was that was rough. Um also rotary phones. Oh, Take rotary longer phones. to call people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what else were they gonna use back in 1990? Yeah. You know what I heard on some podcast that now I cannot remember which one it was. Um, to be verified, I guess, but I'm gonna take it as fact. When 911 started as a thing, like yeah. other countries, other like Canada had 999s, they already had a service. Um and the U.S. like adopted like a similar service, but apparently like part of the reason they didn't do 999 was because of rotary phones. It takes so goddamn long. To, so like oh. to make it faster is like okay. So you do the first nine, so you know you're like really like on this, and then one one because it's the closest one to. That's really smart. Yeah, That's look really at us smart. taking something Canadian and making mm. it just a little little bit better. Now it's probably good with touch phones because it's probably easier to butt dial 999 than 911. Mm, yeah. Which certainly. Like, mm. Good times. Okay. Um, <laughs> his death is so Batman. That's all I could keep thinking is like you know yeah. like Bruce Wayne's parents like get killed in the same manner. Mm. Yeah. But it's also like it's 1990 in New York City. Why are you walking down this abandoned street, just the two of you? Do right? You know where was, you are. It was legit bad then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tribeca was not wealthy yet. And you're the first yuppies to get there. You're, you're, you're not safe right now. Did you notice how many films were seen? Uh, scenes were filmed in Astoria with the uh, above ground subway near where you used to live? Was it Astoria? It looked like Astoria. I mean, some of it was or Long. I mean, obviously, some of it was Long Island City because it's always Long Island City, right? Because some of it is pretty accurate. We, we actually, um, 
Daniel and I were talking about this. We watched it together and it was sort of like trying to figure out like, okay, he's on the J train, but he gets, so he gets off at Myrtle, but like, wait a minute. Like then there's the other elevated train. So we, we figured that that was actually the shuttle, like the Franklin Avenue shuttle. So I think it was actually, or dressed well for um, the part of Brooklyn that they said they're supposed to be in. Nice. Look at that. Look at them doing their research. I like Interesting. that. And, but like okay. some subway lines, like the four, the 42nd Street, like when he's learning how to move stuff mm-hmm. with like the the, the scary homeless subway ghost, um, trying to figure out what subway stop that was. was mm. I, I could not figure it out because oh, we're I like, OK, like that's an that's it's an ex- express track. Like it's a below. Yeah. Second level track. But like. It was on a local lot. Like it just, it couldn't actually be the 42nd streets. It was very confusing. I couldn't figure out where it actually was. Hmm. Well, he did hop around a lot to get there. It also could be, um, I have heard a lot of times, and I don't know if this was the case in the nineties, but like um, a lot of times they'll, uh, films will shoot in the Philadelphia subway system for New York because it is not used as, intensely yeah. as the new york city huh. system yeah. so it's easier to shoot yeah them. Huh. okay that makes sense too yeah um well next time i watch i'll see you know i wish we could just google it right now probably okay. could i'm yeah. sure this information <laughs> <is out there. laughs> i tried to open imdb before for our conversation it almost killed my computer so <laughs> no worries did you guys notice that the detective was the stapler guy from the office office space the red stapler guy, the detective that took I her. I didn't notice that. That was the guy oh. that was like my stapler. Yeah. Oh, oh I shit. registered him uh, from Barry. He plays huh? uh, Bill Hader's like handler in in Barry. Okay. Yeah, I've not seen Barry in a long time. Yeah, I the it got too dark. I had to stop. I that's yeah, that's what I understand. But I heard it also like is really good too. But anyway. But anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about. Did Carl remind you guys of like Tom Holland, but like 1980s Tom Holland? Because he looks so much like him to me. Yeah. That's all I kept seeing. I was like, huh. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Whoopi. It's so funny when she asks, like one of her first questions to him is, are you white? And it very <laughs> much was like entitled white guy. Yeah. Goes in her ass as black woman to do his bidding. No, to be fair to Patrick Swayze, literally no one else could hear him. So I get yeah. that. <laughs> there were but some the caveats here. <laughs> but like there were, there were some like it, very much a product of, of its time. Like all the wealthy yeah. people were white people and all mm. the not wealthy people in the movie were black or brown. Like it there it did have like Yeah. And let's be honest here, Willie Lopez is a racist fucking name. <laughs> right. Um uh yeah, so um Shit, what was I going to say? Whoopi. She's so fantastic. Did you know that um, Oprah and Tina Turner, Jay told me this last night, Oprah and Tina Turner auditioned for Oda Mae Brown, um, but Patrick Swayze is the one that really advocated uh, Whoopi to get the part. And then she won an Oscar. Like no one else could have done that. No, she was awesome. Also, that's hilarious because when they go into the bank, Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg, and they're like doing the whole like. How would you like $4 million? Tens and 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, but he, Patrick Swayze, when like at the very beginning, when he's like, okay, so you're going to go up to him and 
and you know you're gonna like ask him how his kids are whatever it is that he says and she's like what if basically like what if he doesn't recognize me and he's like he was so drunk at that party he could have talked had a conversation with tina turner and not remembered it or something like that so she oh, tina turner gets name funny. dropped in that yeah that's oh, awesome i really missed that <laughs> okay so i was gonna say it's to the end but i can't i don't want to forget it when he wrote boo on the mirror to scare him i was like is he gonna write boobs <laughs> <laughs> every single time i'm like b o o b s <laughs> um but that would be like the scary movie version right like if they yeah, yes, yeah no, for sure. it probably wasn't a scary movie They're, it probably but you know what i'm okay with 15. never yeah right not watching another one yeah. <laughs> to find out <laughs> oh man yeah um so amanda what did you think of the plot overall having it being like your first time seeing it for real i thought it was um i thought it was really good i thought it was really clever and like probably pretty um unique for its day mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean you know it, it's I thought it was a great story. I, you know, I think as we've already kind of touched touched upon, it, it is a bit of a product um, of its of its, of its of its time. Yeah. You know, like there is some real um, glaring issues. I think the only thing I really bumped up on was uh, when like Odame is telling Molly about like, like oh he like saying Henry the Eighth I am like all night mm -hmm. long. She's like oh mm -hmm. yeah he did that to me uh, to get me to go out with him and it's like yeah. Oh God! That's actually a red right. flag. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, Entitled he white pick a better song. Goal, that song. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, you sort of take away all the like glaring issues of like, you know, like you know, ninety percent of movies of right, period. Right, right, right. Like, it's a great right. story. Like, it's a it's a yeah. really interesting story. It is. Did you see that it was going to be the friend that was the bad guy? It was yeah. kind of. Movie. It, yeah. <laughs> I don't like but also like I had I had seen it like enough fragments of it yeah. that like I knew okay. and like was immediately reminded yeah. that like he was the bad guy um but it was fun to watch like Daniel had never seen it before and it was what? fun to see him like figure out <gasps> that Carl was the bad guy so we yes. had to like pause at a certain point I'm like are you there yet have you have you figured it out yeah. are you caught up yet <laughs> do you need me to explain this to you <laughs> it was so gross that he was trying to like hit on what's your face yes oh right. my god yes like even that even if he wasn't the bad guy like he'd still be the bad guy yeah. that did that because right. exactly. that is also so fucking 90s exactly yeah. like it's, it's been like two days come on like seriously yeah. yeah if this movie had come out like two years earlier in the 80s he would have been like bumping lines in between trying to make it out there right <laughs> that's how he would like help himself calm down from like yeah. all the stress of like his evil scheme falling apart uh -huh. <laughs> yep yeah. and i mean maybe he could be he was like the sweatiest stressed out person very ever sweaty seen. so sweaty very sweaty so yeah. sweaty yeah. <laughs> also yeah. do we think demi moore was really crying on cue or like were those crocodile tears um tears i don't know she i mean she is a good actress she's a good actress but like those tears were just so pronounced <laughs> oh, let's yeah. look it up i'm, I'm very I, I, mm -mm -mm. 
like every time one of those big big honking tears like roll down her face mm. I'm like, is that a real tear do you think that's a real tear <laughs> it could be it's just so big uh she says this is according to her that uh, she can not only cry on command, but she can pick which eye to cry from on its own. What? Bullshit. Which obviously impressed... Per- uh, oh, this this is from Q-U-O-R-A. Um, apparently, <coughs> she did Cora? that. Cora? Cora question? It's a Cora question. <laughs> the, um, the people who also listen to The Real Weird Sisters will appreciate this. That it's a Cora question. It's... That was very exciting. Okay, please. I love core questions. Favorite segment. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> I'll open it. Uh, okay. So this uh, Cora question uh, was: uh, What are the curiosities of the movie Ghost? And the top mm-hmm. picture is the clay picture. Um, <laughs> is it looking like a dick yet? No, she's still firmly gripping. Um, uh, it says here we go Uh, Patrick Swayze made sure Whoopi got the role that's what Jay told me yesterday Mm. it says that he refused to do the movie without her even though they'd never met wow Wow. Demi's talent for crying sealed the deal she can not only cry on command but also pick which eye to cry from which obviously impressed producers in addition to her acting talent Uh, the possible I know the dark shadows were actually babies. The creepy sound what? effect for the scary creatures was made by slowing down and reversing audio of babies crying. Oof. I mean, oh, that's dark. Yeah. yeah. Babies crying are t- is terrifying in its own way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Patrick had to prove that he had a soft side, even though he appeared in Dirty Dancing. Patrick was seen as more of an action star. Uh, so screenwriter Bruce Joel, uh, Joel Rubin, and director Jerry Zucker weren't convinced he was right for the role. It all changed when they saw him cry during an interview that uh, he brought up his recently deceased father. Hmm. Um, he was freezing in the chase scene. It was cold filming at night in New York City. Uh, most of the cast and crew were bundled up in warm clothing. Patrick didn't have the same luxury as he was playing a ghost who shouldn't be bothered by the weather. Oh, mm. Yeah. To make sure that his breath wasn't visible on film, he had to chew on ice. Ah, wow. I know. What a cool trick. I know. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip through some of these. Demi Moore didn't tell anybody about her drastic haircut. After auditioning with long hair, the actress cropped it super short without checking in with Jerry, the director. <laughs> Ooh, that's ballsy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was upset at first, but now admits the iconic look was perfect for the role. It was 1990. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Um, God, she's such a beautiful woman. And she gets better. I think she looks even prettier now that she's like 65 than even then. I think she's gorgeous. Mm. Um, Bruce Willis turned down the leading role. Wow. Uh, Demi's husband at the time was offered the role of Sam, but Bruce didn't think the movie was going to work with the main character being dead the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) He's dead to begin with. (laughs) Two of the ghosts died at the same age. Oh, my God. Oh, I read this. Oh, I knew this, actually. So Patrick Stewart and uh, actor Vincent Scavelli, the subway ghost, they both died at 57 from cancer. Oh, I was wow. rest in peace. Patrick had uh, pancreatic cancer and Vincent uh, had lung cancer. Wow, Patrick Swayze died at 57? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's very young. Gosh. I remember he was young, but I I didn't realize he was that young. He died in, I know he died in September because it was right around like Labor Day, if I I remember correctly. Um, And yeah, I just remember it was so sad. Mm. And it's been such a long time now, too. I know, that's weird. Yeah. Um, it uh, finally uh, it outsold every other movie that year, though Home Alone would eventually gross more as it continued showings into 1991. Mm. Ghost technically had the box office title for 1990 with a worldwide oh. gross of 505, 702, 588 billion. Wow, that's in like 1990. No, million. Sorry, B- million. <laughs> I don't. I can't count. There's nine, nine, nine. Uh, Eight zeros. zeros. Yeah, eight zeros and one and then the, the thing. So that's that's still millions. Okay. It's a lot of money. The end. It's a lot of money. Oh, shit. There was another uh, uh, Casper trivia that I forgot about. There's a tribute to Home Alone in Casper. One of the ghosts goes like this, and it's supposed to be a nod to. Oh. Yeah. I missed that. Um, okay. So that was uh, that was some of the quarrels. There's a bunch of other questions. And ghost, how did the subway ghost die? <laughs> no, he says that he was pushed. Uh, yeah, I think he, I think he jumped. Yes, because um, it says it wasn't until. Uh, so here's the question: uh, He comes across as relatively normal, even teaching him how to move object. It was only until the "How did you die?" question that he instantly became unstable. Um, that's my interpretation. As a ghost, he was free of mental illness, but when reminded of his death, likely suicide. Um, and how he was a human, he reverted into his uh, psychotic state, uh, state. I believe as a human, he was possibly schizophrenic. Watch the scene. You might catch what I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you, he just, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's it for this, for ghost questions. There was only two. Sorry, Shandy. No, that's oh, fine. <laughs> um. I will say that I love the song Unchained Melody and I'll always love it. I don't know if I mentioned, I feel like I mentioned this on the podcast like five times. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but fun trivia fact. um, I sang that in the seventh grade talent show. In the talent show, in the middle grade, in the middle school talent show in seventh grade. There we go. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Mm. It's a good song. It's a great song. Mm. Uh, real quick, I guess, just IMDb trivia before we move on. Patrick Swayze said the pottery scene was the sexiest thing he's ever done on film. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, the pot wasn't supposed to fall apart, but it did, <laughs> and Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore just kept going. Nice. Keep it. They sure did. They sure hey, did. if we were going to recast this movie to be remade in 2024, who do you think would play Otome uh, uh, uh Patrick and Demi Moore's characters. I'm blanking. <laughs> oh dear, that's hard, right? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. I'm going to leave this to the casting director. I'm right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what is the actress? Um, after party, the detective. Gosh, what is that? Actress? Oh, Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. I feel yes. like she'd be a fun Otome. Um. Well, yeah. If anybody has anything, any um, suggestions, let us know. Because I think that that would be fun to cast yeah. it. Because they're going to do it. I mean, it's only a matter of time. They're literally. Oh my gosh, you're probably, you're probably. I right. mean, I don't think you like they would have to completely change the premise. I feel like that type of New York doesn't exist anymore. And those computers. 
those computers, Holy those apartments shit. don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie would have to take place someplace else. I feel like you could be a very different movie. Yeah. Um, any other fun things? Um, oh, man, this was the most rented video cassette of 1991. <laughs> Makes sense. I buy it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, there's so much. Okay, so uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Swayze died uh, September 9th. I'm sorry, September 15th, 2009. Oh. Gosh, that long ago. That long ago. Wow. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, this movie made Whoopi Goldberg uh, become the first actress to win Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards, BAFTA Awards, and Golden Globe Awards. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it was a great performance. Like, it's... it's You in danger, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good. <laughs> yeah. I want you to say this word for word. I'm going to do it my own way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bruce Joel Rubin believes that two things date the film, the computer monitors mm. and Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm, I'm also going to say the giant loft apartment with. <laughs> oh, my God. We talked about that, too. When we were watching like, God damn, the amount of money mm. that would be nowadays. Yeah. Real life Demi Moore could live there and that's it. <laughs> right. Basically. I mean, that was like at the beginning of uh, Tribeca becoming what it is now. It was just like artist lofts and then like rich yuppies moved in and boom, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> rich yuppies and their, uh, you know, Potter uh, girlfriends. Right. Yeah. Um, the character of Carl uh, Bruner was named after a grade school teacher that Bruce Joel... Uh, Ruben didn't like. <laughs> nice. The ultimate revenge. Right. Truly. <laughs> All right. That's uh, that's what I've got. Uh, oh, then I guess we're going to we're going to finish that on this. The sensual pottery scene, because I just keep coming back to it, mm -hmm. uh, was originally scripted to be followed by a sex scene on the floor. They quickly realized the pottery shenanigans were all they needed. We decided to cut it after I interviewed about 12 body doubles for Demi, says uh, Zucker, Jerry Zucker, director. But yeah, I am. Um, I'm glad we watched this. You guys glad? Uh, yeah, that, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. Awesome. It's a good pairing. Good times. Good times. Good movies. Good movies. All right. We'll have to think about what we're going to do next month. Yeah. We'll, we'll send us in your suggestions, folks. Send us in your suggestions. And it or doesn't we're just have to keep be... doing nineties movies. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a little bit of feedback and then we'll call it a night. All right, we are back. Uh ready to get into uh some feedback. Uh, getting into some facey back to start. Um, Jessica says, ghost. Uh, so here's her feedback. Uh, ghost, those hell demons scared me uh, as a child more than the Catholic guilt. Colleen knows what I mean. They were terrifying. Like, that you like, they you were. know, they, they just were. come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I had a very like clear memory of that. That's the why plot, I didn't watch not it so at, much, at but I remember those little. Like... <laughs> I didn't watch it before bed because I. Like, had this memory in my head of it being scary. Mm. Well, that part oh. was. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very unsettling. Yeah. 
Um, Jessica continues, I was nervous to go near Shadows for a while after I first saw the movie. Uh, what were my parents thinking letting me watch that as a kid? <laughs> it was the 90s. Yeah. A totally different time. Um, other than that, Patrick Swayze swoon. Hmm. Uh, between Ghost and Dirty Dancing, what teen girl of the 80s and 90s didn't have a crush on him? Hmm. Such yeah. a wonderful talent gone too soon. Yeah. Uh, Whoopi was excellent in this movie. She had yes. some great one-liners. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she does. I love the scene when she's giving the check to the nuns. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love how he's like, this is the only way that they won't be able to trace it back to you. Right. And then two seconds later, they're coming after her. Right. <laughs> well, that's because uh, Demi Moore's character uh, let it slide. Who she was. Oh, right, right. True, true, true. Um, uh, Demi was good in the movie, but I always disliked her haircut. Interesting. Uh, even a ball Demi was a better look than that bowl cut. <laughs> Sorry to go on about this, but it's been bothering me for over 30 years. <laughs> um, and then as far as Casper goes, she says, great movie, a lot of great cameos. Devin Sawa is so cute. Yeah. So cute. And I want to live in that house minus all the ghosts. Yes. Yeah, I take the ghosts. I take the ghosts too, because they became pretty chummy by the end. Like they're exactly. a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we also got an email from Matt and a voicemail from uh, my friend, Brian, actually, my best friend from high school. Oh, that Brian. That Brian. Hooray. Well, it's funny because I saw I had a missed call from him and then I kind of forgot nope. to call. Like, I forgot. I was like, okay, well, I'll just call him back later. And then I, like I said, totally forgot. And then when I saw that he had called here, I was like, oh, thank God. I wasn't supposed to answer that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I saw it and I was like, Brian. And then so I was expecting it to either be DP or Brain. And then I listened to it and I was like, this is not either of their voices. <laughs> Another Brian? Which, with, who, who? Well, let's, okay, well, we, we, we've uh, plugged this so much. Uh, let's let's hear what uh, Brian has to say. Hi, Carl. It's Brian. And hi, Amanda. And Shani, we've never met. But I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of Ghost. Uh, well, first of all, Casper was um, the event movie for my 11th birthday, uh, the newly opened Movie Land Cinemas in Quorum, New York. But I'm here to talk about Ghost. And I saw that movie in the theater as a six-year-old. should not have. But I've loved it ever since. And I, I think about that stuff now as a parent mind-boggling but um yeah it was, you know, it was a huge hit that that and pretty woman made the most money that year um because just really good storytelling and you know super charismatic lead in uh in swayze and it just it's funny it's it's so touching um you know just thinking about a penny floating in the air will turn me to mush so uh, I don't want to harp on too long. I just wanted to say hi. I'm very happy you're talking about this movie because, uh, yeah, one of, one of my favorites. Um, I probably put it on every three or four years and uh, still holds up. I, one of these days I want to just sign a check, Rita Miller, and see what happens. <laughs> Thanks for everything, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Oh, thank you, Brian. Awesome. Oh, great voice um, now. Yay. Uh, eagle-eyed, uh, eagle-eared listeners will remember Brian from his brief tenure when they were doing the rotating Married Man co-host before it became the Ramblecast episode. Mm. Oh. Mm -hmm. mm. 
I think I think he did a total of four when they were doing that. I think maybe maybe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, movie Land Cinemas. Okay, so that theater that he uh, references, we had a uh, two theaters that we would go to when I was growing up because they were like the ones close in town, and one was a United Artist, and then there was Cora Movie Land, and Movie Land. I still don't think they have stadium seating. It, it's it was kind of like your. It wasn't like your second run theater where, you know, you had like $3 movies or whatever, like yeah. the place by Maris. It wasn't like yeah. that. It just, it was not a, it was not run by a big company like United Artists was or Regal or whatever. And uh, a smaller independent theater. Yes, but it still had, I think, I think it still had seven or eight screens. Wow. Or That's not impressive. maybe less. I'm counting them. There were one, two. I guess I see. I saw so many movies there growing up. One, two. We saw actually that was the theater where Brian rented out an entire theater so we could watch um, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Anybody Ooh. from our high school yeah. class that wanted to come, we all gathered there when it came out. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, six years old. That's nuts. Like like Jessica was saying, Jessica had That's to have very been. Young. Yeah. Had to, yeah. Jessica had to have been 10. So, yeah, that's still too young. Yeah. Yeah. Times. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks, Bri. <laughs> and perhaps someday we'll meet. And perhaps. Yes. Uh, and then we have a email from Matt with some feedback. Okay, so Matt writes in Ghost Thoughts. Hey, Broads. So I didn't rewatch Casper. After the now and then disagreement, I figure it was probably best not to watch a nostalgic movie starring Christina Ricci that doesn't have the word Adams in it. Also, it wasn't streaming for free anywhere. Fair enough. Uh, now let's get crazy for Swayze with Ghost. Confession <laughs> time. I've never seen this. What? Really? Wow. What? <laughs> I cannot believe that I am of the two of you, Daniel and Matt. I'm the only one that had seen both fully and all the way through. This is like a first that will never happen again. So. Hey, never say never. <laughs> it said that. Yeah. That's a classic, Matt. Like I would have thought that you. Oh, wow. Well, okay, well, let's hear what he had your, to say. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt goes on confession time. Oh, we already did that. <laughs> <laughs> we confessed. We confessed our sins. Let's move on. Okay, Matt continues, sure, I was very familiar with the countless parodies of the pottery scene, but never felt the need to sit and watch it top to bottom. Overall, I liked it and can see why it was a hit. It's so weird that this film is directed by Jerry Zucker, one-third of Zucker Abrams Zucker, the creative team behind Airplane and the Naked Gun franchise. The moment early on where we think the camera is pointed at Demi Moore, but is actually pointed at her reflection is the closest he gets to something he would do with Zaz, Z-A-Z, or in Britain, Z-A-Z. This is the movie that gave Whoopi Goldberg the O in her EGOT. EGOT the she o got the Oscar for it. Huh. You know what the EGOTs are and EGOT is? It's when you win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony, Tony. Award. Ah, okay. You're like the most well you know, award winner. Yes. Right. You, you've won all the major awards. But when it's, when the, the phrasing takes the mind elsewhere. 
this is when she got the O in her EGOT. And it is a role that plays to her strengths, but it is an example of the magical uh, black person trope. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She, she doesn't even get to keep any of the money that she risked her life to get. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's blood money. Yeah. But it's your blood, Swayze. <laughs> Check your white ghost privilege. <laughs> <laughs> That aside, this she is another... would have gotten away with it if fucking Demi Moore wasn't like, hey, girl, was meddling kids. Was yeah. it Oda Mae Brown? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, but like confidentiality, you can't just be giving away the names of clients. <laughs> like, oh, no, that was blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, it was a... oh, she was doing this here. She was closing an account. Like, what? No. Okay. Uh, that aside, this is another example of why Swayze is still a beloved actor. Fuck you, pancreatic cancer. He is just so sincere and sells it. Yeah, just in general. Indeed. You can really see his anguish at not being able to interact with his girlfriend and his regrets over not being a better partner when he was alive. As for the pottery scene, I feel like it really needs the moment later on when the song plays again for it to click. Maybe it's tough to view that moment with fresh eyes after seeing a thousand parodies for the past 30 years. The song choice is perfect, though. Yes, it is perfect. And let me tell you, if you saw if you saw the scene first before you saw the subsequent parodies. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's a different experience. Uh, I wish they committed and kept that dance near the end uh, of the to Kept that dance Where, near the, the end Goldberg to Whoopi Goldberg. That dance near the end to Whoopi Goldberg in the scene? The dance so was near to Whoopi Goldberg? So, no, when he turns into, when he jumps into Whoopi's body and they start dancing and it turns into, you see him dancing with her. Gotcha. I think what he's saying is, I wish they had kept it as Whoopi dancing with her. But I feel like that would have ah. led to too much, like, take you too out of, bot, like, too out of place for what it was. Right, because it's doing it this way invites you into what the characters are experiencing. are experiencing, not what we it puts us like in the mm. back of the audience as opposed to putting us right into the center of the action, like through the point of yeah. view of the characters themselves. And because like Debbie Moore's eyes are closed the whole time. Like, yeah. She's really just feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for helping me with that sentence. Uh, while it's nice to see the couple together in a fantasy one last time, keeping it to Whoopi would have reinforced that heartbreak and loss. I guess it doesn't hinder it too much since that finale really tugs on the heartstrings. While I can't quite say ditto to this movie, it is still a very entertaining film elevated by Swayze's heartfelt performance. Some quick thoughts. I'm happy Whoopi Goldberg is an EGOT recipient. She got her O. Uh, if I picked the winner of <laughs> well, that year's... the O. <laughs> if I picked the winner of that year's nominees, I'd have to go with Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas. And that's not just because I started a Sopranos rewatch. The Hey, It's That Guy report. I knew Vincent Schiavelli, Subway Ghost, was in this, but I was not expecting to see Stephen Root as the police sergeant. That's the stapler so guy. Young. <laughs> when it came out, he was younger than we are now. Ugh. Again, I mean, pretty young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, fuck you, pancreatic cancer, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that you didn't shit on either of the movies. <laughs> yeah. We almost kind of agreed this time. There's a lot of coming out shared space in our critiques. Yes. And Casper's great. It Casper is. is great. Can I keep you? 
Can I keep no. you? No. I told you I was a good dancer. No. No. Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. No. Good choices, everybody. I'm glad that we did this. Yes. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Super fun. If anybody has any feedback about any of the movies or anything else we've talked about this week, last week, we should talk about next week. Let us know. The broadcasters3 at gmail.com or give us a call 331-276-2373. Woo! Um, we are supposed to possibly have uh, Melody on next week. I will admit I forgot to reach out to her. That is a my bad thing. Um, if we do, then she we will uh, put that up sometime uh, when I'm away. Otherwise, next week, the 23rd, when we record, is the last time we record before I go on my uh, Europe- European birthday adventure. Ooh, ooh. Nice. Yay! Yeah, and then we'll be back on the 6th, as, as long as I'm back and I haven't decided to stay in Italy forever. Which <laughs> <laughs> you could. I mean, I, yeah. I yeah, seriously. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so uh, give us all the special feedback. Yay! Um, hey, before we go, one thing I have been watching is uh, the new Traders Season 2. Jamie told me to watch it, and it's fantastically fun. Hmm. It's a reality TV show based on, I don't know, Danish one or some shit, UK, I don't know, something. It's not, it's not US original is what I'm trying to say. And uh, Alan Cumming hosts it, and it's reality TV stars – are in a house, like a mansion in Scotland for a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so uh, this is season two. Last season, season one, Surrey Fields uh, won that uh, season last year. Yes, she um, did. And then, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and the then this, person. Yeah. she is okay. uh, probably the most beloved Survivor player because she's like the best player to play the game to never win. And that is not a Boston Rob thing. That is a Suri Fields thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe you. So this season, there's a ton of reality stars. Um, the Survivor people playing are uh, Parvati and uh, uh, Sandra. So that's fun. Um, and then there's a bunch yeah. of Big Brother people and mm. uh, Real Housewives. Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag Race is in it. Mm. Maxim from Dancing with the Stars, who is a very chill person in real life, to be honest. Hmm. Um, Michael Jordan's son is in it, and he is—he is. What reality show was he on? He is—he is uh, is dating a uh, Real Housewife who is the former wife of somebody. Blah blah blah. Um, However, how, how old is Michael Jordan's son? 20 something 30 maybe wow that said he's so smart like he's gonna get himself killed at some so the traitors you don't know who the traitors are and the traitors get to kill someone each night the game moves fast so two people are eliminated every episode the traitors kill someone and then somebody that they think so everybody's got to figure out who the traitors are he's not a traitor but he like says like the smartest things you know, like you could just, and he's saying it to like the traitors. So like you could just see that he's got to be on their radar to like go. And then mm-hmm. the everyday, uh, each episode, 
the cast gets together and they vote out someone who they think is the traitor. And then that person will reveal themselves as a traitor or not a traitor, you know, mm -hmm. as they go. Mm -hmm. And of course they, they don't want to accuse the wrong person because there's, you know, strength in numbers. Anyway, it's very fun because Alan Cumming is so over the top. He's he wears so the most ridiculously amazing Scottish outfits. Um, he goes like the dramatic flair. It's it's great. <laughs> anyway, okay. that's that. I recommend it if you're looking for something fun. There's three episodes out. Um, and then the next one, they come out every Thursday from here on out. So the okay. fourth one will be out by the time you hear this and blah, blah, blah. It's very fun, though. Okay. And you I'm, sure, I'm sure you said this already, but where is it? It's on Peacock. Oh, okay. And there's deals now, I guess, for Peacock because a lot of they're trying to entice a lot of reality mm. people to sign up for a subscription right now because they, it's like, you know, the best of whatever. Anyway, um, just wanted to give a plug. Thank you, Jamie, for making me watch that. It totally is super fun and into it. And you don't need to know strategy. You can half pay attention if you want. It's just they're all so fucking ridiculous. And it's great. The end. All right. <laughs> nice. Um, if does anybody else have anything? Otherwise, we can get out of here. I got nothing. Nope. All right. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you, the patrons, especially the ones that contribute at a certain level, and that'd be Eckhart Rigner, Maggie the Magnificent, Magnificent, to one with the planet of the creepy mailman. Thanks, guys. Um, if you'd like to be a patron, you go to patreon.com slash J and Jack. Um, I think that's it. I gave all the uh feedback information before. But um, always love your feedback. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Um, on that note, my name is Colleen. My name is Amanda. And I'm Shandy. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye.